Welcome to Mad Toast Live. We're your hosts, Mary Gaines and Chris Wagoner, and we're recorded live. Thank you. Live for podcast every uh, week at the Brink Lounge, 701 East Washington Avenue, just down the hill from the Capitol Building in Madison, Wisconsin. You almost said every Tuesday. And that will be a lie. But today's Wednesday, it's April 1st. April Fool's Day. Yeah, well. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah, normally it's Tuesdays, Tuesdays, Wednesday. So do the math, that's fine. Is your math involved? I hope not. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> one, that's huh? my, one, that's good for math. <laughs> that's yeah. digital. One. Plenty. one. Welcome to Peter and Lou Berryman. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're thrilled to have you guys on the show. Boy, that's, that's going to be a hard act to follow. Those guys were Oh, no fantastic. kidding. I was about to slink out the back door with my no. own accordion here. So. <laughs> this is, for, for those in podcast land, we, do, uh, we have two guests on every night. And so we just had Dan Newton and the Squeeze Daddy Trio on, and now we have Peter and Lou Berryman on. It's sort of the accordion smackdown night, as we put it. it. I, I brought my accordion, it's behind me, but I'm not going to touch it. There ain't no way. I told Chris before that we're not having anything nearly so competitive as a smackdown. <laughs> Just a gentle pat and a friendly smile. I think that's a, good, a, a squeeze, perhaps. A little squeeze, yes. <laughs> I... I but I think we might be able to talk you into getting your bellows out before no, that. There ain't no way, man. I'd pay uh, it. Okay, well, maybe. If give you a dollar. Key is C. Oh, a dollar? You a dollar, got, you yeah. You got a buck? Yeah, give you oh, a dollar. Right. Yeah. Hey, do you want to start with the song? We usually just blab on and Absolutely. on and on. Absolutely. Sure. We'll, do that too. we'll just start with our song, and then we can do one together, and, okay. and we'll have something to talk about, okay? <laughs> We've been uh, there. This is all too... We, we decided to start with this song because it's a, a song about a Madison landmark, which is very close to here. That's true. Uh, we wrote this song fairly recently um, when we... Uh, you know, Madison has a very distinctive skyline. And we always thought it should have a song. So we wrote this one, and it's called The Madison Skyline. We roll through Chicago, all gray and forlorn, and into Wisconsin by cattle and corn. When on the horizon, a welcoming sight consumes us with joy and our hearts with delight. Like beaconless lighthouses all in a queue A quartet of breadsticks for titans to chew A masonry stonehenge of ominous girth Calliope pipes of the carousel earth So grand in the morning, majestic at noon At night in a league with the stars and the moon Skyline of Madison beckoning me I pine for the smokestacks of MGID Like great cigar doobies for giants to toke Like brickworks, stalagmites, or silos of smoke like molars protruding from dinosaur gums Like four giant fingers without any thumbs Like tines of a pitchfork for Paul Bunyan's hay Like four felt tip markers and all of them gray Like four mighty tent poles that pop up, prop up the void Like symbols that may have meant something to Freud So grand in the morning Majestic at noon At night in a league With the stars and the moon The skyline of Madison Beckoning me I pine for the smokestacks Of MG and me Like oversized bedposts Out cruising for beds Like necks of giraffes Without bodies or heads Like masts of a ship that has sunk in the doom, gloom, or more like Titanic's four funnels of doom. The Tower of London is something to see. The Tower of Eiffel's the pride of Perry. But I would not trade them on any account. For one single chimney at Main Street and Blount. 
Absolutely. I mean, beer or something. you know, we got a, uh, we got a letter from the, what is it, the, the, C, the CEO or the president of MG&E or whatever, uh, saying that I, finally, there's a song I've been wondering, and we got an order for like 30 CDs from MG&E. <laughs> <laughs> We're thinking about writing about Oscar Meyer next. That's right. <laughs> you, you figure, yeah, right. I just want to live in that neighborhood. <laughs> I can smell the baloney. <laughs> It was kind of nice to know that the CEO has a sense of humor. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I'm, it was I'm, very nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming he was. Uh, I, I thought. I think he got it. I'm yeah. not sure. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> did you say, dude? Did you listen to the words? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> that happened to us once. With we wrote a song uh, called oh, our Wonder- song about wonderful, wonderful Madison, Madison and uh, you know, a sarcastic song that we add new verses to it all the time, but. We played, years ago, we played for the Badger Games. Badger State Games. Badger State Games when they opened, and we played in Randall. We played at the, in Bree Stevens. Bree Stevens? It was Randall. No, no, it was, yeah, it was Camp Randall. Camp Randall. Right, it was a big deal, you know, and a lot of people were there. It was the, giving away the prizes and stuff with maybe the, I don't know, the kickoff or whatever. I don't know what they have there. And <laughs> Throwing in the first Some ball. sporty thing. I know it was sporty very thing. sporty. Right. But, uh, but the, the song, Wonderful Madison, has a very, it's a, it's a tongue-in-cheek anthem. It uh, says sort of, sort of snide things about Madison, but it has a very soaring kind of melody. And, uh, and evidently that was what the only the person who called me up, that was all he heard was that sorry <laughs> melody. Enough. Because he was like, oh, you know, I think the Alumni Association should adopt this song. <laughs> and uh, he was so sincere, and I honestly did. I didn't call him dude, but I said, yeah. did you listen to the song? And he was, well, I did hear it, but I sent him a seat. I sent him a cassette. That was a long time ago. I sent him a cassette, and I never heard from him again. <laughs> he finally Finally listened to it. Yeah. yeah. Finally. Yeah. Truth in advertising, I guess. I just <laughs> yeah. had you to. might be able to sell that in Milwaukee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Might like that. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, rivalry. We're, we're, we're sure that one of these days the Illinois Department of Tourism will call us up <laughs> to write more, more Wisconsin songs. <laughs> yeah. So, as a songwriting team, well, we've known you. I, Mary, was, Mary was born and raised here. And actually, you weren't born here, but she was raised in Madison, and I moved here. I've been here longer than anywhere else, but when I moved here, you guys have been an institution here for a long time, and your fans know that, and, and people that don't know you, there probably aren't many people that don't know you, but... Um, oh, believe me, they, there are there? Yeah. People. Well, people that don't know you, or maybe they're not people that you want to know. Oh, that's... Yeah, you know? right. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, you, you guys are at, um, if, if there's a little piece of um, Madison lore, the Club de Wash. We have yeah. almost all musicians here that have been here for more than tw- 15 or 20, 20 years uh, would know about the Club de Wash. And it was a wonderful place. Uh, several venues within one. Mm-hmm. And it was just a, it was an institution also, but that's where everybody came. And, uh, but you guys had, a, I didn't realize you had a regular gig there for 10 years. Yeah, yeah we actually, we, we, uh, they, it was, it was a, uh, a place where where a lot a lot of people played, but when we started playing there, nobody else played there. We were the very first band they had there, and it was, and uh, we, uh, the bartender who worked there was a friend of of a, a bartender friend of ours, and we had a lot of them. Really. <laughs> That's all the only kind of friends. <laughs> How does that happen? We, they make really good friends. Yeah, yeah they, they, they do. make they great do. friends. That's true. Anyway, and so he was complaining about the fact that there was never anybody in the Club de Wash, and, and uh, he was he was saying that he wished he could get some music. And our bartender friend suggested us. And um, so we, uh, we had a trial balloon one Friday night, and... Uh, 
we, uh, they liked us, and so they hired us, and pretty soon we were playing every Friday. Soon, Isthmus did an article, you know, Chris Powers wrote the first yeah. article that was ever about us in Isthmus in 1978, I believe, and that, you know, sort of slowly our reputation grew, and then other bands got a job, got jobs there. See, at the time, that it was really the Washington Hotel, and it was more a hotel than anything else, and there were people who had to sleep upstairs. There were real, more people who were on wel welfare vouchers and things, yeah. but they needed their sleep too. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, um, they More couldn't, than anybody, at yeah. that time they did not <laughs> right. have any, they wouldn't have any rock and roll. They wanted only acoustic music because they didn't want drums and a, and a heavy bass to keep right. all the people awake. So uh, It was also funny because they, they also did not, Rodney, the, the man who had recently purchased the place, it was really a kind of a dying railroad hotel and bar, but he, uh, he, we wanted we wanted to charge a cover at the door just yeah. to just to keep the riffraff out. You know what I mean? <laughs> but anyway, uh, well, actually, that's not true because we played for riffraff for ten <laughs> years. But anyway, but he, but he but finally and he didn't want to. And finally, we talked him into it and started out with twenty five cents at the door. That was uh, that's reasonable. November eighteenth, nineteen seventy seven. We mm -hmm. still have the poster from that. And uh, it was funny because when we about a year later we went up, we bumped it up to fifty cents. Yeah. And we had people standing outside protesting. <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> Debating whether or not to go. Oh, gee, I don't know. Yeah, really. Yeah, they can, stand yeah. in the doorway and go. Oh, I don't know if that'll be worth it. You know, and just take a look at the accordion and they're out of here. You know. <laughs> so what would that be the equivalent of now? You think? I mean, no, it's still fifty well, cents to us. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're still charging to do that. Hey, work. Go with what works. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Really. yeah. What, what was I don't know what was a pack of cigarettes or a gallon yeah, of gas in 1970? Yeah, it was probably a buck or a buck yeah. and a quarter. You know, was a pack of cigarettes. That was for a long time until we quit. That was the benchmark. You know, yeah. a pack of cigarettes was an hour's work. <laughs> <laughs> Took an hour off your life too. It well worked out quite well. <laughs> Well, reading about uh, on the website, you know how how you guys work together. You know, Peter's the main. You are the lyricist. Yeah. Lou is the. You write the melodies and the music. Composer. Uh, do yes. do does it ever? What comes first? Is it ever? Is it always a particular way, or is it? Most often, it is the words that come first, and Peter will email them to me, and I'll uh, and I'll write a melody and yeah. email it back to him. <laughs> and uh, we, in the old days, I used to have to call him on the phone and he would play it into his cassette player while I put phone the phone on the piano and sang it to him. <laughs> but now we're, uh, we're fully high, computerized, high yeah, <laughs> MIDI files and everything. But it also works the other way. I have a yeah. bunch of Lou's uh, melodies that, without lyrics that are, you know, in a file. And, uh, mm -hmm. and, and uh, Actually, it's interesting, well, maybe it's not interesting, but it works sometimes that, that it, actually, it actually starts out for me with, with, with music, but it's not lose music. I'll, I'll pick a, a dummy, any old melody, you know, uh, Jingle Bells or whatever, and, and I'll write to that melody. The Irish melody. Washerwoman. The Irish Washerwoman is my, my favorite. You can hear yeah. that. You can sing any of our songs to the Irish Because <laughs> that's what they were originally. You could have picked an easier song. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, and so then that, I'll... What fun would that be? Yeah. <laughs> but then I'll... Uh, you know, that helps to keep the, the meter right and so sure. on and, and the rhyme scheme and so... And then when I send Lou the lyrics, I won't tell her what song I... I usually don't tell her what song I usually I was... know, though, don't I? <laughs> what? No, no, sometimes I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's always <laughs> the Irish Washer woman. I... <laughs> but, uh, so, it, and, and, and ideas, of course, happen in a million different ways. I mean, yeah. we talk about, we also do a lot of kind of editing together. We'll, we'll have, we have a lot of songs, we always have a lot of songs that are half finished and mm -hmm. waiting for an or ending and waiting for a chorus or mm -hmm. ideas or titles or half-baked whatever and often in the car we'll just talk about them mm -hmm. and try to yeah. go get a cup of coffee somewhere and sift through all the notes and yeah go, oh remember this why don't you work on this a little bit and and uh plus we both like um we all of our songs try to be funny in one way or another and what we you know a lot of times uh, a form will come to mind, and then putting that form with a, with a juxtaposing with that with a melody form that is 
opposing it or supporting it in one way or another, trying to think of just sort of funny ideas like that. Yeah, it's it's often the uh, we uh, often the form the the the. Di- the device idea comes to you before the theme idea comes to you. In other words, a lot of times when people suggest songs to us, they'll say, why don't you write a song about a, a giraffe and a zebra outfit, you know, or something, some, some yeah. subject idea. In, but usually we start out, what we really are looking for are, are device ideas, like uh, write a song that's a telephone call, okay. or, or write a song that's, uh, that, that's alphabet. Or write a, recipe. You know, or uh-huh. a recipe or a street signs or mm-hmm. some some different approach to the and then and then once you have the approach then you go through your subjects and try to link up the approaches with the subjects and uh, yeah and then sometimes no, no. the melody is a totally different device or a different yeah. subject too yeah. and mm-hmm. a lot of times if you're going to write something that's a little darker then you have really happy music mm-hmm. I just want to share with you one of the funniest things I ever saw was a guy at the Club de Wash <laughs> who got up and was just grinning and jumping up and down and singing, Doom in the Rainforest. The whole song, <laughs> that chorus was sung about 50 million times. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he's just smiling, <laughs> singing about Doom. Great. Yeah, yeah that's, that's yeah. right. Yeah. I mean, you can, the, the melody can, can, can be in the same mood or say, support the, the theme and the subject, but it can also, it, the melody, by, by being in a completely different Mood or I mean, we'll say, uh, you know, there are certain things if you set them to a rock and roll beat that aren't rock and roll subjects that can be just pretty funny. Just that yeah. juxtaposition. Mm-hmm. Well, you so. guys have a wonderfully uh, enigmatic. Well, there's a, there are a lot, a lot of words to describe it. <laughs> unusual <laughs> yes, imagination about about lyrics and the stuff that you sing about and, and write about. Um, well, I applaud you. Thank you. Oh, oh thank, <laughs> you. Thank, you thank you very you so much. much. I, <laughs> thank you. Did you always write about Wisconsin and Madison and? No, well. Uh, I mean, as from, was that your from early days? Early I would days? say, you know, I mean, Peter started really writing this kind of song very recognizably. This kind of song when he was at 17 years old, 16 yeah. years old, really writing like this. And but uh, he didn't write his first song about Wisconsin until 1975, when we were just we were on the train and. Um, on the plane coming home from Canada, moving back to the States, and, uh, and we, Peter wrote up in Wisconsin, and he was, we were, if you're ever in Wisconsin and your wife is on the wagon, like that. I feel it's only <laughs> fair to warn her, there's a bar on every corner. You know, everyone <laughs> but uh, but we, uh, we, uh, 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 we like to, some, somebody, somewhere, some songwriter, and I can't rem- we can't remember who it was, Somebody referred to real things in songs that you can get your, like, like when, when you mention a, a lamp or a particular street or some real thing, yeah. uh, they call that furniture, the okay. songwriter. And we've used that phrase ever since, and I don't know who, who started that. Mm-hmm. But we've always liked the idea of a lot of furniture in a song when you, when you write about actual dishwashers and nails and, and, and real towns and real... And you, you hear stuff, a lot stuff that people can uh, relate to. You mean? Or, yeah, or, yeah, right. But it's real stuff yeah. that is like grounding things yeah. in the song. And and it's interesting and because it's not just all rainbows and clouds and things. Yeah, yeah. You know? But it's interesting because sometimes we will do one Wisconsin song at the beginning of a set that mentions Wisconsin, just like that that one did, uh, mentions Madison. The rest of the set, we won't ever mention Madison or Wisconsin, but we'll talk about couches and refrigerators and whatever, dogs and so on. And people will come up to us after the set and say, how can you do all these Wisconsin songs in other states? And <laughs> they aren't all Wisconsin, just the first one, you know. But, but it's just that sense of place that you get when somebody talks about a place. Yeah that's really fun to play around with, and, and, and it makes everybody feel like you're talking about where they are, which yeah. in a sense you are, really. Mm-hmm. And I think that even our songs that aren't specifically about Wisconsin, people know that they're being, they're hearing Midwestern songwriters, they're hearing Midwest, they hear the weather. We're gonna do a song pretty soon that talks about springtime, and obviously if you, if you live in California, you don't have as vivid as an idea of springtime as you do here, so, yeah. but. I think we have a Midwestern sensibility. 
sort of that dark humor that... Non, that non-sensibility. Yeah, non-sensibility. Yeah. The feeling that nothing is ever going to get any better and we may as well face that. <laughs> and, <laughs> That's and, just as well. When I, when I think about spring, spring never quite getting here and then I think about people in Siberia, you know, and I go, we don't have it too bad. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ultimately. Yeah. Well, I've, I've heard something like um, we go from winter to mud to construction. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So we we decided though that we ought to do this song because we're right at the at the beginning of April and the beginning of springtime. We have this song called April May. And this one we wrote a long time ago, eight, 1988. There. We are. This is this was the first time we've ever been able to do this. We have a brand new songbook that has actual lead sheets in it and. Uh, so we were able to print out the songs that we wanted Mary and Chris to play along with. <laughs> print out the lead sheets from our very own songbook. Lead sheets? I always thought those were lead sheets. <laughs> <laughs> depends on where you're going. Right? It depends, on, depends on your motel. <laughs> <laughs> okay, in C, but starts on the F. February sun, it didn't turn the lawn to mud, but April, May. The warmer wind of March, it didn't bloom a single bud, but, but April, May. May. That little lonesome February down behind the bed. Winter wasn't wonderland like everybody said. March, it didn't melt away the blizzard in my head, but April, May. It also didn't show you where the dogs have been around, but, but April, April May. Winter never saw me somersaulting down a hill. Taking plastic off a window or a burger off a grill. It never, never saw, saw me skinny dip and probably never will, but April May. Okay, Chris, you go saw me start my Chevrolet without a jump, but April, May. Winter never saw me disregard a heating bill. Tremble as the IRS was circling for the kill. Packing all my things and buying tickets to Brazil, but April, May. You guys are amazing. You're you guys fabulous. are amazing. I don't well, know we how got you... this lead sheet, a lead <laughs> oh, sheet that's here. What it was. And I'm, I was the one that totally screwed up in that. Right. I, I, I said, Louie, take it to myself, take an instrumental. And I went, bah, bah, bah. <laughs> it would just put me in mind of we're talking about meeting our heroes and getting to do that. We, uh, a bunch of years ago, we, we met Tom Paxton at a folk alliance, and we got to We were sitting around in one of those those rooms that all the, the people got to sit around and play songs with Tom Pax, and it was so cool. And it was one of the first times we met him, and, and uh, we were playing Bottle of Wine, a song I have known since I was 16 years old, honestly. And uh, so we're all playing along. I'm playing my accordion, and, and <laughs> Tom yells, 
accordion solo. <laughs> and I just did literally that. <laughs> I forgot totally how to play. I could not do anything. So Tom Hudson to thinks I can't play the accordion. And you know, he's, he's sometimes he's right, you know? <laughs> he tells a funny story about that song. He was in a hotel once. I think it was in New York City. And he heard, in the middle of the night, he heard this clinking and clanking down in the alley, and pretty soon he heard, bottle of wine, fruit of the vine. And he looked out, and there was a trio of winos out there singing his song, so he, he knew he had made it. <laughs> that's well, what we're waiting ask, for. I mean, really, yeah. Well, he knew his target audience, and that's very important. Yeah. <laughs> At least for that one. <laughs> well, you said New York, and I was thinking about Lou playing that. I like that you, you surprised yourself. You called for an accordion solo, and and And, and you it were, was you. It was you. It was me. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, yeah. <laughs> Got to be careful what you say. Yeah. It was very modern, though, it sounded. Very, uh, yeah. yeah. Modern, that's a good word to use. Modern. Yeah. modern. We do a lot of modern <laughs> instrumentals. As our friend Robert would say, that's jazz. That's jazz, man. <laughs> yeah. So I see here also, this is very interesting. Was this a pinnacle of your career, would you say? Uh, you played the Kennedy Center. How cool mm. is that? What was that? It was, that very, was, it was very cool. Yeah. Um, it, it wasn't as cool as that sounds, really. It was, <laughs> it was they have, they, at the Kennedy Center, they have... You played it three times, though. Doesn't that sound cool? That's cool. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> boo boo. Yeah. But they have, they have a very, it's a very nice program that they have every, I think it's every, like, seven days a week all year long or yeah, something like that. Yeah, free music at, at, like, getting out of work time. I don't know. For us, and, that's, like, midnight, but everyone else, it's 6 o'clock. Yeah, <laughs> and they have music from all over the, the country. Musicians come, uh, and, um, and they set, they, they had this huge foyer, I guess it is, or what would you call that? It's a big area outside the actual theater. Yeah, it's and, a great big, huge hallway between two yeah. theaters, between the actual Kennedy Center Theater and then this other theater that they got there, and they're both... And they're they enormous, and there's a great big hallway. So right in the hallway, they put yeah. this uh, big, big stage up there, and they call it the Millennium Stage because I guess they probably—that's when they put it up, probably <laughs> the Millennium. But, but it was really neat. It was, you know, and then they and they they videotaped it, and they, I think you can still look yeah, at the videotape. Yeah, you can tape. still you can still go online and and see our one of our performances at the Kennedy Center. I think there's a link on our website. But I, it was somehow. How did we get that? It was somehow. Well, it was neat because one of the things about the Kennedy Center being, uh, you know, it's a national monument and sort of a national park in some way, and and uh, every every state gets to have one day a year to present some of some aspect of their own culture or music you know and and uh, like you know Kentucky sent a whole bunch of cloggers one time and and, some and grass. we and then but we the first and the second time we played there we were nominated by our senators to represent Wisconsin at the they obviously hadn't listened to the lyrics either yeah <laughs> <laughs> You That's kind of like the nicest yeah. send-off. But this of one, we didn't send them the cassette. Yeah. We just went to watch At least they them. didn't yeah. send you there with a cow. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's you right. Know. That's right. It's hard to explain that. But, but a, lot it was a, live, a lot of people from Wisconsin live in Washington, D.C., you know, so we had a lot of, a lot of uh, former, former uh, people who came to the club to watch. And, yep. and uh, yeah. uh, there's a nice little core audience that drops in every day. It was everywhere, everywhere we play, I mean... Wisconsin must be a great place to have lived because everywhere, <laughs> gone to yeah. school. everywhere yeah. we go, there's uh, people and they wear their cheese hats and their badger mm -hmm. sweatshirts in California, Maine, anywhere we go. Yeah. Well, every, there's at least one person in the audience mm -hmm. who is There really is, and they'll come Wisconsin. up afterwards and We talk were on about a little tour one time in, in Berkeley, California, and we played this little club where um, they were having Wisconsin night. And they do it once a year, and all these people came in Brewer's t-shirts. Mm. We played sure. on the set, and, and I wonder if you've played there. No, <laughs> no, no, no we've never actually. I've heard that they have that various places, and no one's ever wanted us to do that for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't I thought we'd be yeah, I don't know how we got you know, the gig. But It was one of those campground tours, you know. Mm. Campground, empty ballroom on a Sunday. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, some of the gigs are really good. It's like, kind like of one, one they... of the grim gigs that we've never had for some reason. <laughs> have you ever had your stuff on a ski lift? No. And played at the top of a mountain? No, have you? Yeah, we did that one. Yes. Really? Oh but you guys God. must have. What, what's the strangest story off the top of yeah. your head that you can think of? 
But you guys. Oh, it puts us in mind through. of the winter, winter, summer bummer. Well, we, there were plenty. There are oh, millions of so them. Fled. Yeah, we played a, a, a festival in the town of Winter, Wisconsin, which is way up somewhere in the middle of nowhere, and it's a nice little town. But they, but this was in the this winter summer bummer was in the summer, of course, <laughs> and they put us on a hay wagon with a little sound system, and there's a county trunk running right, which is the main street of this little town, and they didn't close off the street, so they had us. <laughs> Facing the street, and the audience sort of huddled on the other side of the, or the, the cars or going. Behind us. So, uh, well, so we'd be singing, and <laughs> there'd, be a, there'd be a milk truck would go by, and, and then after, you know, when we were done, we get this, you know, this little. So you're trying so, to get the lyrics in between the milk truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, we've had all the, all the experiences. I remember yeah. when we were playing in a bar in Wausau once, and uh, and uh, the the. <laughs> the bar owner, we said, we were saying, oh, we're, we're going to do one more song and then take a little break and come back for another set. And the bar owner came up on the stage and she said, no, you're not. <laughs> for another set. And I was like, what? what? She said, no, the patrons in the other room are asking that we don't have this music anymore. <laughs> we were bothering the regulars, so they sent us home. Well, at least she was just right up front with it. <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah, she didn't right beat in front of our audience, yeah. she yeah. was. Oh, yeah, that was nice. <laughs> she could have set our pants on fire or something, you know, a little. So that was... Was it something you said, don't you think? Or... <laughs> no, I'm afraid it was something we played. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good for you. Never back down. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah, we keep the faith. Musicians, we need some saying like Semper Fi, you know. We need something that just really rallying. So something in Latin would be really good. Well, yeah. People used to, I think the first time I ever heard Dan Newton play the accordion was uh, at a Hey Rube. Remember Hey Rube? That was, people were trying to do that. that uh, oh, I'm sorry. That was the pre- predecessor of Folk Alliance was, was an organization that they, uh, that, they, it's like herding cats, getting all the musicians <laughs> together, right? Yeah, yeah. Hey, Rube was, was, is something that people yell each other in the, under the big top if you need a hand. Yeah, I think when there's, a, hey, Rube. Yeah, when there's a, a fire or something, something catastrophic. It's totally boring. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> Excuse but me. Anyway, but anyway, this, this, these folk music organizations are, are, are fine, but it really is like... You know, a hermit convention. I mean, these are people who are, yeah. are loners and who are out there on the road all by themselves, and to get them corralled together, they do need a rallying yeah. cry of yeah. some. Because you're actually supposed to interact. That's kind of the yeah, thing. yeah, right, right. Yeah, right. The, right. Inter- the, yeah the rallying cry is let's, let's go eat. to the bar. Yeah, let's. Because yeah. 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 you all have friends let's at the eat. bar. You I think know, that's where we met our biggest well, contest. That's right. Okay. <clears throat> I think Peter should sing this one that we practiced before. Did we practice this oh, one? But, but Did we practice? This okay, one? this isn't. This is kind of unusual for us because uh, this is so much fun having people. People usually aren't willing to play with us, so this is oh, a lot no. of fun having you guys along. <laughs> I don't know what's true. We were, is. we were, you know, it's really true that we were a quartet till Lou picked up the accordion and. Really? <laughs> I believe there's going to be an article in Isthmus with this story in it next week. Okay. Which oh. is supposed to be in last week to promote our big tour here, yeah. you guys. So, anyway. <laughs> but uh, I did actually, we were a, a folk band in the, in the mid 70s with two other guys and Peter and I, and we. No, I had I always had played something in the band whenever we played, and I played banjo and accordion, and and I was just looking for another instrument, and we had just come back to the states to Wisconsin, and I had met a wonderful accordion player in Canada, and so I went out and bought an accordion just on a joke because Peter had written a had written a polka, and I thought, well, this is great, this will be a cool part of our little act. I will get, pick up the accordion, I'll play one song, and then I'll put it back down again, and that would be that. So I, so I picked it up, and I never put it down again. I loved it. I just fell in love with the accordion. And, uh, um, you can't but, put it down, because you've but, got the pole Yeah, right? <laughs> well, that's another story, oh, yeah, of course. But, uh, the, but the other two guys in the band, pretty soon they just weren't available anymore. You know? And it was Peter and I were a duo, and that was... 
Fortunately, I have a tin ear, so it all worked out. <laughs> I think it worked out, yeah. Okay, okay here's a song. <laughs> Life's complete, I have enough to eat I have a little greenhouse on Buggy Street But I'm down, shouldn't I be, but I'm down I know darn well that I have no right to grow overly blue But I do I have a lucky star, a VCR Pretty good shoes and a running car But I'm down, shouldn't I be, but I'm down My gal says that it isn't fair Cause when I get blue, she does too I have a rack of shirts, a packer hat, pretty good shoes, did I say that? But I'm down, should not be, but I'm down. Started out with a tiny patch of midnight blue, but it blew. I have curly hair, a comfy chair, DSL, fiesta wear, but I'm down, should not be, but I'm down. I'm ashamed to say that I'm warm and healthy, sad and blue, but it's true. I saw a homeless dude interviewed, unshampooed with dumpster food, but he's up, should not be, but he's up. I do declare, made me feel worse than I feel blue, wouldn't you? A new silk tie I rack my brain and I don't know why But I'm down Shouldn't I be, but I'm down Lied and told my dog I wasn't really blue But he knew I take Lexapro, Nortriptyline Flavoxamine, Paroxetine But I'm down Shouldn't I be, but I'm down And also now I watch TV With a pink and blue kangaroo Purple too, I watch TV with a pink and blue kangaroo. Thank you. We haven't done that one in a long time. We don't don't do a lot of depression songs. So you know, how did you come up with like the pink and blue kangaroo? I want what you're having. Dude. Uh, how did I come up with the pink and blue kangaroo? Well, you know, to tell you the truth, a lot of our a lot of our Songs are based on, are come out of wordplay, just goofing around okay. with the sounds of words. And, and a lot of them even just start that way. Uh, and oh I'm, man, I was looking for a drug story. You know, we have a song called, we have a song called Cow Imagination. And uh, we might even do that. Yeah. But um, it's, uh, I had a, I had a, a, a very, uh, a, a fan of ours out in, in California came up to me one time and said, she said, I really like the song Cow Imagination, but I, I cannot figure out how you came up with that idea. Cow Imagination, how'd you come up with the idea? And I said, do you really want to know? And she said, yes. So I told her, I came up with the idea because I liked the sound of the words cow imagination. Cow imagination. Because you can say cow imagination, and you know that's two words without even there being any break between them. Cow imagination. You know, it's just, but how do you know? How do you know? But you know, and that was interesting to me. And then it occurred to me that, that, uh, that, that also that's not a bad concept. What does a cow imagine? And then I went on and the song's about what, what cows imagine and so forth. Um, but I told her this and she went, oh, because she was expecting some great metaphysical existential mm -hmm. explanation really? for how, you know. Delving into the interior of a car. So it is, it is disappointing to interview us about our songwriting. It's usually, it's usually quite a letdown. We don't really recommend it. Playing with us, talking to us, it's all useless, you know. So did you listen to the song? <laughs> <laughs> Have you, does Gary Larson know about your, about your music? He's written any songs. I don't, I, don't I don't know. I don't know. Cow imagination anyway. is in the key of E. You yeah, guys have it. I've got a capo somewhere. for my. Uh, oh, good. Okay. Oh, there you go. And we, but we start on MP7. Three, four. <laughs> Cow imagination. 
Sitting on an average afternoon around the cod Pig imagination on the other hand They'll tend to run the mud Slug imagination if it doesn't run the slime around the goo Imagination is an ugly thing to picture for a bird. Hip imagination is an awful thing to have if you're a nerd. Your imagination, I imagine, is a lovely Shangri-La. Let me recommend a rendezvous with an imaginary moi. A factor in the big imagination of a bear. Tick imagination has a cottage for the summer in your hair. Flea imagination is involved in exploration near your knee. Someday somebody's going to tell me what it is about that 12-bar pattern or, or the, you know, the approximately 12-bar. We have so many songs that are, everybody so, has so many songs that use that particular chord progression. I don't know what it is. It's amazing. It's maybe great, it's our attention span. <laughs> maybe that's it. You think? 16-bar tunes are kind of like, oh, man, I'm working. Dan, Dan Newton actually earlier said, this is just, we were playing a tune and he said, uh, um, this is a 12, this is 12 bars, and Mary said, um, I don't think anyone heard her, but I heard her, and she said, is that all? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I think we're going to play a little more than that. But. He said, yeah, one time through. Yeah, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> yeah that, that, is, that is true, but I, I like the idea of this, the folk tradition where, and people don't do this as much anymore, I think, where, um, it, where the folk tradition where it's okay to take that melody or in that chord progression or a particular melody and write God knows how many different lyrics over that particular melody. And that's just the way it used to be done. People would know the... I think it's because everybody used to participate more, right? I think people maybe sing-alongs. People actually sang along. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, you know, of course, um, there was a time... I mean, this is all speculation, but there was a time, obviously, when there weren't very many ways to hear melodies except from somebody else. You couldn't... Yeah. There were no radios or iPods or any of these other mm -hmm. uh, doohickeys. Um, 
That sort of ages me, doesn't it? <laughs> He's nasty doohickey. The word doohickey just anyway, does it for me. I don't know. That's I what I mean. To gadget, you know. <laughs> but uh, so you, you know, you hear. I, I, I would think you, in order to, in order to get your music throughout the day, you you, you sort of end up going over the same old melodies mm-hmm. that you've known all your life, yeah. and and the only way to spark that up is to make new, new verses for them, and. Uh, you know, you hear funny things though. We we had uh, Jimmy Driftwood is one of my heroes. He's this goofy old uh, songwriter. He wrote "The Battle of New Orleans" and "Rattlesnake Mountain" and a couple other uh, thousands of other songs. But we went down and played at the Ozark School of Folk Music, the Ozark Folk Center, Folk what Center, it? Folk yeah. Center, in mm-hmm. Mountain View, Arkansas. That he started a number of years ago, and we heard we were talking to people about Jimmy Driftwood. He had died since then, but before then, before we played down there, but uh, when he was, he was a history teacher, a school teacher, and he would make up these songs like Battle of New Orleans to get his kids interested in history. And uh, then he'd go out and play them in the neighborhood and so on. But people were so into traditional music, it was not cool to admit that you had written a song. You had to say, well, so he had to go through all this time telling people, no, I, I heard this from my great aunt Bessie over the mountain, you know, and then he would sing one of his songs. Just to legitimize it. Yeah, to legitimize it. And now it's almost the other way around sometimes that uh, Mm -hmm. it's it's not cool to play a traditional song in a lot of circles. So it's it's very interesting. And that's kind of too bad because, I mean, the the songs of... I mean, I, I get it. That's, it's, a, it's a great thing, and people need to write original material, and that's all, that's all great. But uh, there's a lot of so many, there's so many great songs out there that I, I've always felt that the best songs can be treated so many different ways, and I think that's why, like the Beatles, all these jazz bands, you know, they, you know the chord progressions are great, the melodies are great, mm-hmm. the lyrics, so you can just do a lot of different things with it. And I think the same is true. Actually, we just heard, what was it? I think, speaking of the, the blues tradition, um, Oh, oh, it's just slipped my mind. Crap. <laughs> Get back to me on that. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, um, oh, I know what it is. Uh, Willie Nelson, I, I play with a, a Texas swing group around here called the North Country Drifters. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they're delving into, like, you know, uh, Bob Wills and, and some of that stuff. Yeah. And Bob Wills has taken these great traditional tunes and then turned them on their head. And, and you hear them in a whole different light in such a way that you go, you wouldn't even know it's a traditional tune. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, Bob Wills wrote that. No, he didn't. He, you know, some, yeah. Someone wrote it in the 1800s. Yeah. You know. Well, it's, it's like, it's like an, uh, it's, it really does get odd because you talk about, if you, have a, uh, if you have a music venue that advertises, tonight, Elvis Presley songs. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow night, Bob Dylan songs. Well, Jimmy they don't Buffett. mean the same right. thing. Mm-hmm. A, a night of Sinatra songs isn't the same as a night of Dylan songs. You know, if they're done by, if they're done by you know, Joe Blow sings Dylan songs is not the same as Joe Blow sings Sinatra songs. Because Sinatra didn't write them. But oh, Dylan so yeah. did write them. So, right. I mean, mm-hmm. what I mean is the style, of, the style of presentation actually becomes the thing in some situations, whereas the song is the thing in other situations. Yeah. Right. So it's... I don't know where that leads us, but anyway, it's interesting yeah, to think about. Yeah, it's just rounded around for us always because of we started out playing traditional music during the great folk scare of the 60s <laughs> and started gradually playing our own music and, and enjoying writing it. And the only reason why we don't play the, other, the rest of the stuff is that we both feel like we, other people can do those songs a lot better than we can. And, uh, and it just... It just became time for us to not play other yeah. people's songs anymore because we had plenty of our own. And if we st- and and uh, we used to um, people are here who came to see us in the very early days when we only had half a night of of original music and we'd play a lot of Bessie Smith and uh-huh. just wow. Jimmy Driftwood and our crumb too yeah. and uh, just all kind of stuff. And um, uh, but but we gradually got really had to insist that we only play our own music and it was at a time when people wanted to hear more traditional music and we were turned away from venues because they wanted traditional and not singer songwriter and we but that's that's just what you get you know it's just you're part of part of who you are and where you're going is just that speaking of songs that nobody else but you guys could do this and I asked about it earlier, and you don't have to do it, but Artist Interrupted? Oh, sure. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, uh, I'm not playing along because I just want to no. listen. <laughs> you could, nobody could play along with us. It's impossible. Okay. Yeah. And uh, this is, and this, and and it is because of the fact that we we write our own songs and we want to play our own songs and uh, that that we uh, that we do this. I mean, this is the whole thing, you it's know. Fun. So yeah. it's a lot of fun, and uh, everybody should, you know, if they want to, everybody should do what they want to do. <laughs> that is like. Not where, you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> go with you. Do your own thing and go with the flow. How's that? <laughs> this is a song that is autobiographical from both Peter and my point of view, though I happen to be singing it. We both uh, started out life thinking that we were going to be fine artists in our, in our careers, both of us. So... Painted and drew. I also did a lot of textile art and most anything that you can do with a needle besides injecting yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. Which I never did myself. Tattoos? <laughs> no. So, um, but but uh, I one of the and all the time that we were trying to make a living making art, we were working on music in the background. In the evenings, we'd get together and play music with our friends, and uh, eventually found out via the club to watch that we could actually make a living making music and uh, now we both do a little art on the side but uh, we both found that our, our lack of success in art was because we had so many things that we were very interested in a lot of different mediums for both of us and, uh, and uh, so this is from the point of view of an artiste who's looking to do something and just make some decision anyway it's called Attention Deficit Artiste <laughs> I've started so many. There's paintings of, you know, sketched on the on the back of an idea of the left uppers or the outline or thought of a or a theme in the car, but I haven't got any. You know, nothing's nothing really complete. I got pages of, and I've been through whole well schools of impression, you know, realism, data, something bizarre. But it's all in my. I can't come to it. I can't settle on. Oh yes, acrylic is chic because oil is best. But I really like oil because oil is. Then there's Photoshop though, or my Rembrandt, or Kiaroska, or Vermeer, or Klimt, or Modigli, Matisse, or Abstract. Is it Mad Magazine? Is it Art Club or Disney? Is Disney the key? But then how about Van Gogh? There's nothing I can't fit. It's my mind. It's decisions I can't make. You know, so it's here. I said, man, it's like what? It's inertia. My momentum is. Oh, if I ever got go, I could, or maybe not. So what am I doing? Is there something the map? I can't finish a set. I can't, I can't read. Oh my God, I try reading it. What did I do? This is crit. I mean, oh, it's my focus is shot. Now what was I going? Then it's maybe ceramics or wood or concrete or silk screen. You know, on my craft fairs or gallery, flea market, or what demographic did I just say that? Is it wearable art like design? You know, beading or retro like macro or tie-dye? <gasps> Sandcast, leather work, no, not leather, but vinyl, a vinyl, the shiki, a jack or a hat. So I go through this morning, you know, noon and at mid for week after week. And for a year up, my God, and it's sometime. I gotta, it's break time, it's crazy. Come on, take a vet, take it easy, you know, slow. So I lie on the, oh, what's on channel 15? Oh, no, three is, oh, well, it's 12, oh, it's two. I can't stand it, I'll go for a walk or a drive where my bike is. But anyway, where would I go? So I put on my shirt. Now that shirt is faded, I think I'll, but what's wrong with faded? It's fine. My jeans are, well, nothing to, they're all I own. So I made it a sip, but then back to the shirt. Listen, but first I should eat. Food is something I usually cereal, cheery, or shrimp, or a sandwich, a sand like a tuna, or then, or some sherbet. There's one thing I finish, and that is dessert. I don't know, I think I call that fine art. <laughs> I need a drink. 
Yeah. <laughs> wow. See, nobody could. There's, you know, I mean, it's really cool to hear other people covering your material, or, or maybe not. But you know, that would be impossible. I've, I've listened to that song many times. Yeah. No. Well, interesting, but it no. is, you know, we do have people covering more difficult yes. songs of ours. It's always been fun to see the, the songs that they choose. Like, um, we were talking about the song Speculator, which is a difficult song to perform. That one has been covered by others. Orange Cocoa Cake, our song with the recipe, and it's been sung by a lot of different people. And it's, it's fun that they choose. It is fun to learn these hard yeah. songs, I think, that's so. And you can find them all in the Peter and Lou Berryman <laughs> songbook available. <laughs> Right. Big so- Peter and Lou's Barnes big and songbook. Oh. Actually, it's it Lou and Peter. Lou and Peter's big songbook. Very original. Yeah, we 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 just uh, it just came out a little while ago. We spent just about all last year working on it, and it's a combination of all the other songbooks that we've done, all sort of reformatted and put back together, and and then plus all the new songs since the the, the last songbook. Yeah. So it's like 200, 200 song, two hundred hits. No, no, <laughs> no hits, no hits, but two hundred songs. And uh, it was it was quite a lot of actually a lot of fun. We actually ru- we uh, the cover is hand rubber stamped. You know, we carved these the rubber the title out of rubber and, and did some of our artiness. Yeah, yeah. It was, fixed the fixed the picture on the cover in Photoshop myself and just stuff like that. We'll so, so you can go on your website. What's the website? L o u a n d p e t e r dot com. I think we're going to get sued. I honestly for... had no idea. <laughs> I didn't walk right into that. <laughs> but yes, it's lewandpeter.com, and it's all available there. And we'll, uh, mm-hmm. You know, the car's for sale. <laughs> it's all got to go. It's all there. Yeah. <laughs> People aren't buying, though. That's another, you know, th- everyone's selling, but no one's buying. I think it's not even go there. I don't know. Yeah. Well. Do you guys do eBay, or do you do uh, um, Craigslist at all? You mean for our stuff? Or yeah. For... Oh, no. Oh, no. 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 But we do you? sell have, it. Have you reached a wonderful <laughs> equilibrium where you actually buy things that you need and don't ever sell them? <laughs> I don't are know Are you why. talking about product or are you talking about things? I don't know what I'm talking about. I, I find that I buy things that I can't find, which is terribly embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. I've, bought, I've, I've done that twice with tape measures. I've gone out and bought another one because I can't find the one I have. Isn't that awful? It's yeah. just awful. And when you, it'll be awful when you find the other one. Then you'll have to decide which one you want to keep. Maybe. You're right. I yeah. don't know. Or you become By a collector. By the way, we've got a set of speakers that Chris bought on Craigslist. Yeah. 50 bucks. Because then the next week, Call he us. found a better set of speakers on Craigslist. Aww. Oh. But he... Anyway. Anyway. But we do... We're still we do, negotiating. We, we, do, we do a lot of... I, bought, I just bought a computer on, on Craigslist, as a matter of fact, a while ago. I bought a dress form on, on... I do make a lot of clothes. I bought a dress form. The, the per, pe, person now was, lived in Green Bay, and I uh, emailed with her, and then she said, oh, I'm coming to Madison. I can deliver it. And uh, so, so she pulled up in front of my house, and I went out, and she put the dress form in the street, and I took a look at it and liked it, and so I... Gave her $65, and she went away. <laughs> Me and my dress form went in the house. <laughs> does this have, does this and dress, had lunch. Did this dress form have a, have a kind of a pseudo head that you could put little faces on? And no, this too, has or? no head. No head. I'm oh, kind, of kind of appreciating the no head quality. It's it kind of nice. I'm alone in there, you oh. know. <laughs> no, the only one with a head in my sewing room. It's still That's kind okay. of a <laughs> <laughs> Do we have time for one more? We do. Let's do it. You want to hear another one? Yeah. All right. Thank you to Peter and Lou Berryman for being on our our very special guest tonight. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you very much. This is really Thank you all very much. Thank you. By the way, uh, I just wanted to say, I don't know, you can cut this out of the the broadcast if you'd like, but I did want to say, I I listened to the iPod podcast. Show is this on, on a testimonial? Be- yeah, yeah, yeah. But I listened to it before I was ever down here live, and um, it was it was really great listening to it. However, I just wanted to urge anybody who's doing the same to come down here and give it a shot. You'll yeah. see these great lamps. It's a nice ambiance, and it's very right. it's a cool thing. So come on down and thank you. Participate. It, it, it is fun. We've been having a a gas doing that. It, it's, it's, we yeah. didn't, give, really you, we didn't give you the chart for this next song, but it's okay. in the key of G. It's real easy. Oh, it's, okay. 
But you can sing it too. Sing the, you can sing the chorus. Everybody can sing the chorus. Mm-hmm. This is this is a this is a song that I wrote after a couple of young men in suits came to my door, very well dressed fellows with good haircuts, and they left me with a religious pamphlet. It was a very nicely produced pamphlet with a cover color a color cover picture of two children playing happily in a garden with a lion and a tiger and a moth and a I read that centipede. One. Yeah. 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 And it was a very uh, very lovely picture but it brought up a few pragmatic <laughs> issues. So that inspired it's not really what the song's about but it inspired the song. This is called The Glorious Prediction. From the shower we heard strangers ring our doorbell twice. We were dripping when they told us of their view. How the lion will be lying with the little mice. When the glorious prediction comes true. So we asked them as we dried off what they really mean. Vicious pumas, will they settle for fondue? Will the bullfrog stick his tongue out for a lima bean? When the glorious prediction comes true. Here comes your part. When the glorious prediction comes true. When the glorious prediction comes true. Will it be as good for me as it will be for you? When the glorious prediction comes true. Will there be less TV football if you don't like football? Will there be more TV football if you do? And if you're not sure if you like it, Will there be some football when the glorious prediction comes true? Will the lovers who once dumped you for the hell of it, will they mention since they left you they've been blue? Brokenhearted, suicidal, also celibate. When the glorious prediction comes true, everybody sing. When the glorious prediction comes true, when the glorious prediction comes true, will it be as good for me as it will be for you? When the glorious prediction. No more potholes, no more big words, no more clip-on ties. No more music, no more soapy residue. No more poor folks, no more rich folks, no more jazzercise. When the glorious prediction comes true. No more itching, no more bombing, no more liverwurst. No depravities, no more cavities, no more flu. No more Christmas merchandising before August 1st. When the glorious prediction comes true. When the glorious prediction comes true when the glorious prediction comes true will it be as good for you as it will be for you when the glorious prediction comes true one more verse now will the tenants have their landlords let them stay for free Will the landlords 
have their rent paid when it's due? Will this somehow not be seen as a discrepancy? When Gloria's prediction comes true, will there be nothing parasitic on your chia pet? No accordion playing people except for Lou and Dan. No more strangers ringing doorbells when you're dripping wet. When the Gloria's prediction comes true. One last glorious time. When the Gloria's prediction comes true. When the Gloria's prediction comes true. Will it be as good for me as it will be for you? When the Gloria's prediction comes true. Peter and Lou Berry, then. Thank you. Thank you. Special thanks tonight to Mr. Andy LaValle from Bear Productions, our front of house engineer and podcast producer. Please come visit us on madtoastlive.com or iTunes and, uh, or catch a live show sometime. Thanks for coming down. Thank you.